This program is brought to you by A to B Media Partners. Be sure to listen to the After Two Beers podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. Also, make sure to visit www.aftertwobeers.com. Welcome to the After Two Beers podcast. I'm Dutch Dalton, joined as always by Kimmy Kibler. That's me. We are recording in the A to B studios at the Innovation Center in downtown Richmond, Indiana. Make sure you visit aftertwobeers.com because that's basically the only place you can find us now, thanks to Mark Zuckerberg. We will get into that in a second. We but, still have Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, nobody really follows us there, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Tonight, we welcome our guest co-host for the evening, Mr. Eric Nicholson. Thank you, yeah. You're, welcome. It's our pleasure, buddy. Are you excited to be here? I'm very excited to be here. Do you want a dill pickle that's been soaking in moonshine? I'm good, but maybe later. Are you, oh, <laughs> it's too bad. Now, I, I kind of prefaced before we started here about Mark Zuckerberg. Now, actually, I don't Mark, I don't know Mark I don't obviously he'll never know me, <laughs> but um, after two beers now is just a little over two years old, and one of the efforts that we really put into this organization outside of just trying to grow this podcast was our Facebook page. Oh yeah, it was blowing up. Yes, and so in a little over two years, thanks to a lot of hard work by myself and Gibbler and AJ, and money, I bet we probably spent three four thousand dollars on it. We had over 82,000 followers on our Facebook page, and they shut us down. And they shut us down for, and I will actually show the meme on our YouTube (laughs) channel. So uh, it's not even that bad. It's not. Well, I mean, and the one that shut me down the week before, not that bad. No, and then I had one that had Tom Brady's face on Al Bundy sitting in Married with Children. Right. And And they pulled that one. It, what? You don't even know Married with Children, do you? Oh, no. No. Smart. It's a TV show, is it? Yeah. yeah okay. That's a good start. That's a good start. How old are you, Eric? You want to guess? <laughs> I'm going to go 22. I'm older than that. 24. 25. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to make a joke. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, they shut us down after spending all this money trying to grow them. And the ironic part for me is I actually pulled the meme from another Facebook page. (laughs) Okay? Now, that Facebook page, I've checked every day now for a week. They're still up and running just fine. They're still rolling. Yeah. So it it, it means one of two things. Either Facebook is using some sort of artificial intelligence that is looking for something. Right. And it, it catches those images. Or... A bunch of Nancys that want to speak to the manager are reporting Damn it, us. Karen. I think it's I think it's the second option there. I mean, you know, if someone reports you, you're you're out, right? Right. And yeah. then the odd part about that is if we get reported, we can actually file to have it reviewed. Right, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I did that every single time because every time there was nothing that was, in my opinion, over the line. No. Because, again, I pulled it from other Facebook pages for the most part. We only, cre- like, hand-created, like, 5%. Right. And so I'm going to go with what you're saying, Eric, which is someone was reporting us. You know, I We're think being you're being lo- attacked. Facebook yes. is, is losing here, right? They're losing your ad revenue, right? Well, and, and on top of that, because we were hitting 10 to 15 million people a month. Right. But on top of that, I was spending money. 
I was buying right. ads to yeah. continue to promote. Yeah. And so now that money's gone. But the other part that's alarming to me, and this is the part with social media that is really interesting, is that it's becoming a lot of noise to me. Mm. And there's a lot of people out there, you know, just whining and pissing and moaning. It basically lets you to take that drunk uncle that would come over on Thanksgiving and ruin it for everybody else. But now you give them a social media account and they feel like they have a voice. So that means they can say stupid stuff all the time. Are you saying we are the drunk uncle? No, I'm (laughs) saying we were the fun uncle. We are the fun uncle. (laughs) That's right. We were the uncle that pulled the 18-year-old outside in the garage. Like, hey, come have a beer with us. And then we'll go watch the Cowboys get beat. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was this is that drunk uncle that gets on there, you know, and and starts having political debates at the dinner table. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of that on Facebook. But we basically what it comes down to, and I want to ask because this is a great demographic and age. Gibbler and I are, are in our early forties, you're in your twenties. And so you're looking at Gen X and you're still millennial a, by millennial, by yeah. defi- I, definition. I with that yeah. Group. yeah, yeah. Is are we becoming too PC? Has the pendulum swung too far back to the point where now a small mass of people can get upset about even the smallest of topics? Well, I think I think that's what Facebook is all about: is a small group of people getting upset, right? I, I think that that's like their model, right? You talk, they talk about like, uh, like echo chambers, right? And like, you know, you're friends and you can ignore people. And so you end up with this group of people that's like the same idea as you, right? And, you know, I think, you know, that's what it is. Um, and that's what Facebook wants you to have is like a group of people that's like, you post something and they're like, woo. Right. Yeah. But even in politics, don't we, and, and let me rephrase that because then yeah. it, I'm making an assumption that you feel the same way and it may not be. Do you feel like though that, we make a lot of concessions now for these small demographics or small groups that get upset about something, and then I can't make jokes about anything. Well, the thing that bothers me the most is that our Facebook was a group of adults. I mean, you could not be on our group unless you're you weren't of age. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I yeah we so restricted the age. So it's not like. The lady crouching down to pee behind a truck, and the guy turns on his rear view camera right, and just right. sees butt crack. Which went over really well, by went the way. Went over fantastic. That was, that was That's what I got in trouble with on Facebook. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't see how that is the least bit sexually explicit, because on any, even PG-13 movie, you could probably moon somebody. Right. Speaking of moon, this moonshine and pickles oh <laughs> is amazing. Nah, it's a hard no oh, for yeah, me. No now, I will say this. When Gibbler got reported for that meme, it was a good day for me. Yeah. Because we got reported four <laughs> times, and three of them were me. And so when it was finally somebody else, I I felt vindicated. Do you, but, do you have these, like, reported posts? Like, I feel like you should print them out and put them on your like on your physical wall here like that like because that's like Ooh. that's like fame you know like, like yeah you, you well we something. go back yeah. and i've got all four okay yeah i've got the four and um actually we're going youtube on video we're not oh, yeah. live yet yeah. but we um just because i i'm fearful of live that's terrifying yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah not because i'm afraid that i'm gonna um uh, 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 uh. it's it's afraid that i'm gonna drop something that's gonna not make me employed the next that's day that's a whole can of worms yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> plus we we encourage alcohol why we do it so yeah yeah no, it's, it's, yeah. It's smart of you. yeah well and that was the end point of after two beers it was to loosen the filter 
And yeah, uh, yeah. we're going for that on this episode. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. so about this Facebook thing. So like, Yes. Um, so, like, for my job, one thing that I do is routinely just friend everyone in Richmond. Cause, I do the same thing. Right, because, you, know, you know, we're trying to... I'm a friend whore. Right, we're trying to build this thing. Whores. So, um, Whores. You know, I don't, I don't spend, like, a lot of time, like, browsing Facebook, but occasionally I do, and I'm, like, friends with people that have very different political views than me, very different, you know, any ideological, whatever. But, like, you know, it just takes, you know, for your reported stuff, you know... If I shared it, you know, both sides of that would see it, right? You know, so it, you're probably getting something where your post was shared and then someone someone else, you know, someone's mom was like, oh, no. Right. right. But you here's know. a concept. If you see something on Facebook and you don't like it and you don't agree, scroll the hell on. <laughs> right. Scroll right. on. It's not that damn difficult. Well, and, and that's like, you know, radio had this problem a while ago and, and they basically said, you know, hey, if you don't like what's on the radio, you can, there are two dials, you can change the channel or turn it off right right well and actually that's where radio killed themselves right and it was because of the pc culture right because what happened was much like podcasts right now a podcast is not owned or regulated by fcc fcc that's good so yeah so for instance we own after two beers.com right no one can own it but us nobody and unless they shut down the internet our page will be alive forever. And because their FCC does not regulate podcasts, we can literally come up here and say whatever we want. <laughs> and we just put it on our Facebook or our webpage, excuse me, because frankly, I'm going to come up with a fuck Facebook f- like sticker, <laughs> but I'm going to design it to look like the Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, that's the beauty of today. And but the problem is I think a lot of people end up flocking to social media. Right, right. Because, first of all, as flockers. much as people... they A lot of flockers. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Here's what happens. I think we live in a very, very observational and almost like, um, you know, someone that you, you just got to look in and see. You want to see what everybody else is up to. Right, yeah. And mostly to put them down. <laughs> Right? No, I'm not I'm not suggesting that's me, but I'm saying we live in a nation of haters. <laughs> there is a lot of haterade flowing around. And that's why we got shut down. Yeah, yeah. More haters. than likely somebody got sh- Yes. Yes. So anyways, that's the reason social media will continue to survive and and strive on after, you know, Facebook took us down. And it's because people like to look at somebody and go, that's some fake bullshit. They're not that happy. She just cheated on him three weeks ago. I saw him at the bar with somebody else, and that <laughs> happens a million times every day in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> AJ, you got something to add to that? So guilty of that. So guilty. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Hater. No, Drink she's a haterade at the bar. She's a stalker, <laughs> too. Kidding. Poor yeah, Eric, poor Eric came in, and, he's, oh God, and she's yeah. like, I liked what you wore to your high school graduation. <laughs> You were a little pitchy in the shower this oh morning. My God, yeah. Man, that's the problem with my generation is that every photo I have is on Facebook and y'all can see it. Like that ain't go that deep. I mean that's what she said. My high school prom wasn't that long ago, so <laughs> You know what it's you know, it's funny that you bring that up, first of all. I am so thankful that video phones weren't around when I was oh in college. My y'all are lucky. <laughs> right. I mean being alive. Oh, it would have been horrible. It would have been horrible. So anyway, that's my uh, that's my Facebook rant for the week. So honestly, if you're listening to our podcast or you're viewing this on YouTube, just go to after2beers.com. Every, um, from here forward, 
that will never get shut down unless I don't pay the Squarespace bill um, or the GoDaddy bill. So uh, make sure you go out and support us there. And actually, I'm going to start a new Facebook page probably in – it's about 72 hours. I think I'm left <laughs> <laughs> on my uh, on my penalty. I'm in the oh, penalty yeah. box. Yep, yep. But um, And we'll just share Facebook on there. We'll just share the, the podcast and things. So anyway, that's my Facebook for the day. So now we're going to jump into – actually, before we go there – no, you know what? I'm going to save it for the news story All right. because I think it's, it's funny. So <laughs> now we're going to jump into the A to B history wagon. And Eric, for you that has not been here before, listen to the show. Basically what the history wagon is, it is like the most broke down piece hoop-dee. of crap, hoopty time machine ever okay shag carpet oh yeah you know it's like a big rv somebody clearly cooked meth in it there was probably like it was like rust and primer and i guarantee yeah yeah it it became the meth van after (laughs) the portable brothel got shut down Uh, that was that was a tragedy yeah it was it was you know what it is it's a bunch of karens out there reporting to the manager (laughs) maybe it was susan yeah you know what they hang in packs they normally have that short haircut where it kind of like starts really low here and kind of goes up yeah Is your mic on? <laughs> 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 nope. <laughs> I'm like, I keep turning the levels up, and there's nothing I can do for it. <laughs> it's not even plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish we had two. There's no cord in it. I wish we had two cameramen just so we could pan to that. <laughs> and here's the fun part. I'm on a rant tonight. We're not even going to edit that out. Nope. No, I'm done editing. I got a real job again. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, Eric, we're jumping into our A to B history wagon here. All right. And uh, we're gonna set our uh, our flux capacitor to August fourth, nineteen oh one. We find ourselves in a poor neighborhood in New Orleans, nicknamed the Battlefield. The Battlefield. The Battlefield. That's when you know you live in Love Street. (laughs) No, Love Street apparently is in Richmond. Where they have oh to go gosh. door to door to make sure that your syphilis outbreak hasn't caught somebody. What in the absolute world is going on? Yeah, now I'm g- you know we're what? gonna make the news. Why can't it be positive stuff? And it's got to be right. Crap. We'll bring that up, news up because I don't want to <laughs> take away from the history. But yes, we're gonna talk about the rest of the world dealing with Corona, and we're dealing with the syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so we find ourselves in this this battlefield neighborhood. And a little boy is born, and what what's really cool about this story, and you'll see as we go, this is a kid that battled adversity from the get-go. And it also shows that if you've got somebody that, you know, they have a poor way to go to start, that sometimes if they just get put in the right direction, that life can turn around. And this is absolutely that story. So this little boy had a difficult childhood. His father was a factory worker and abandoned the family soon after he was born. His mother was a prostitute who frequently left him with his grandmother. So right off the bat, you can already tell this kid's, you know, he's, 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 it's not, 
A plus parents. Yeah. Oh, right. Parents of the year. <laughs> yeah. Those are the people that post on Facebook like, oh, look at me and so and so, you know, like the kid. Because they got him for the weekend. Right. <laughs> yeah, supervised visit. You can right. see the, the aid workers. You can see the library behind them. <laughs> so uh, this kid had it so rough in the fifth grade, he was told by his family he had to leave school because he had to start working. Wow. Wow. Fifth grade. Wow. What year was this? This was, it was probably 1907 at that point, 1908. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so fortunately for the little boy, he was befriended by a local Jewish family, the Karnofskis, that went out of their way to help him. Hmm. Okay. They gave the young boy a job of collecting junk and delivering coal, and they also paid him for this. <laughs> Sanford and Son theme song just went through my head. I'm sorry. Sorry. He's like, I got to deliver this junk. My mom's a whore. (laughs) Man, if that kid isn't living a country song. (laughs) Right? Oh, so anyways, they gave him this job. But other things that they did, they gave him money, obviously. But they also would let him come home with them every night and have dinner. They really took care of this kid. Now, on New Year's Eve in 1912, he fired his stepfather's gun in the air during a New Year's, or excuse me, a New Year's Eve celebration, and was arrested on the spot. Oh. So at this point, he is 11 years old, and he fired this gun. He was sent to the Colored Waifs Home for Boys. So they put him. They basically locked him up at 11 for firing this gun. Oh wow! Yeah. There, he received musical instruction on, yeah. the, on the cornet, and he fell in love with music. Guessing who it is? Though, well, right? I was just thinking, you know, like, uh, if you're born in the 1900s, the 20s is when jazz was, like, big, right? Right, right. And ah. New Orleans, you know? I don't know. So, yeah. I, but now you said music. You might be on to something. I like this Eric right. kid already. And he, <laughs> he, uh, he had a school teacher there named Pete Davis. And who he actually became a star performer in a brass band by himself. But while he still worked hard, you know, selling these odd jobs and newspapers and hauling coal to the city, he actually became pretty popular in New Orleans for learning how to play blues. There you go. So you got to figure this guy had a lot to do with blues based upon all the crap he went through. Yeah. Right? So beginning in 1919, he spent his summer playing on riverboats. So he's, he's fine-tuning his music. But in 1922, Joe the King Oliver gave the, the music man, as we're going to call him, a call and told him to come to Chicago that Joe the King, was, who was a great player, had been kind of a mentor to this kid, and he says, come hang out with me. And this is where we get to the cool part. And so as they're, as they're working together, they're becoming great musicians, and they decide that they want to record an album. Okay. So, so they next, go to, they go to Richmond. That's exactly right. And on April fifth, nineteen twenty-three, the music man stepped into a small shack of a recording studio in a small midwestern town of Richmond. And there, at Jeanette Records, at the recording studio, Louis Armstrong recorded his first it. solo on vinyl. I was gonna guess there that. Go. Yeah. 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 So this kid, Old Cheeks McGee. Yes, Louis Armstrong, whose father left him at birth. Who was in was jail at eleven? Had a had a family that looked out for him. Yeah, that that gave him away, 
and he had a teacher that cared for him enough, even though he was incarcerated, to teach him music, and his whole life was was different. That's fantastic. Yeah, and he ended up That's in awesome. this little hometown of Richmond, here, yeah. Indiana. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's so – well, like, Jeanette is so cool, like, the whole jazz history, because, like, Richmond was, like, recording, like, jazz when jazz was, like, an indie – art form right yeah and and we yep. were recording the other big thing that was unique to Jeanette was they said basically we will record everything we'll record everyone. yeah yeah well and, yeah and interracial um groups or yeah or musicians it wasn't heard of then no. and Jeanette was like bring them come yeah, sing. Like, we, whatever yeah. yeah that's that's what we do so it, it's kind of cool now I found some other interesting information about Louis Armstrong that I thought we might share um, apparently Louie was a big fan of pot. Really? Yes. And he, yeah. And, uh, he was a guy, he actually described it as a thousand times better than whiskey. And in 1930, when the drug was still not widely known, he and his drummer were arrested after police caught them smoking a joint outside the Cotton Club in California. Huh. Now I actually Damn read... devil's lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> hippie lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he actually served nine jails or nine days in jail for the bust. Um, but despite his brush with law, he continued using marijuana regularly, regularly, regularly. <laughs> yes. Thank you <laughs> for the rest of his life. It makes you forget all the bad things that happens to a Negro. He once said, but, um, I actually read that when he was going to perform that he would have like his booking agent, make sure that there was going to be marijuana waiting on him huh. when he got oh, wow. there. Now, the cool part about Louis Armstrong, and we're bringing this up, it's uh, um, it's it's one of the silly ones to me. It's African American History Month, which I think we should explore that history outside of February. But I wanted to make sure we brought this up. He actually said a number of African American firsts. So in 1936, he became the first African American jazz musician to write his own autobiography. Swing that music. That same year, he became the first African-American to get featured billing in a major Hollywood movie. So he was breaking down barriers. Oh, wow. What yeah. movie? Do you, does it say? Um, it was, he was starring with Bean Crosby. It was Pennies from Heaven. Yeah, that sounds like a Jeopardy question. (laughs) (laughs) For 500. Right. (laughs) Uh, Additionally, he became the first African-American entertainer to host a nationally sponsored radio show in 1937. And so this guy was really breaking down barriers. Now, one of the other things that I found that I thought was interesting, between 1952 and 1955, he lost 100 pounds. Wow. No. It's so funny you say that because he, he said he... Um, it was difficult at first to lose the weight, but he changed his luck changed once he learned of an herbal laxative called Swiss Chris. Ugh. Right? Ugh. And he said, "This that sounds is, like a shitty diet." He said, after trying it, he said the defecation sounded like applause. Uh. <laughs> but he was so enamored with this laxative. That he began handing out packets to admirers, loved ones, and band members. It sounds like an MLM. Like, uh, <laughs> right. yeah. like he was trying to. It's like right. a challenge, right, right? At this point. And though he was the product's biggest cheerleader, he never got paid or requested for payment. He was just hanging out, like handing out laxatives. Oh. Wow. Oh. 
I mean, I love y'all, but you start handing me laxatives, and I don't know that we're going to be that much friends anymore. Yes. And then, honestly, probably for non-purists of jazz, which I'm not, right. um, the song that he is most known for, come on. Wonderful World? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. It actually wasn't a hit while he was alive. Really? Yeah. He released the song, and for four years in the U.S., it really didn't do much. Um, I believe overseas specifically, I think in England, it did really well. But it was after he passed that people finally appreciated the tune. I mean, that's kind of like a musician thing, man. Like, right? Like, Hendrix wasn't a big thing until he died. I mean, you know. No, it's 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 funny how many people love Prince now. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. it's uh, everybody's their favorite fan when they pass on Facebook. I've always Did I mention Beatles, that Facebook's? But... <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, you know, but at the ripe old age of 70, he died in his sleep on July 6, 1971 at his home in Queens, New York. But I'm happy to say that Mr. Satchmo himself recorded his very first solo in our community. Yeah. That's awesome. We got I a nice pr- plaque for him in the, in the gorge, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, um, if you go down there, if you get a chance, we've done some history parts where we talked about the history of Richmond. And it's a really unique area. Right now, we actually want to rebuild the recording studio. It's not there anymore. The footprint's there. Now, if I only knew somebody that worked at the preservation of history (laughs) of buildings in this community and uh, potentially had a budget, (laughs) that would be something to talk about. Oh, I wish I had a budget. Who would that be? Who would that be? Right, right. I think I narrowed him down when I said budget. He's like, well, I don't know who the hell you're talking about. That's not me. I don't know who you're talking about. Mm. Moonshine pickles. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now we're going to take you on a little adventure here, Eric. All right. And we are jumping into the A to B news. (laughs) So this is our our news time. And right now we're going to talk our first news story. All right. Is we're going to talk about a bachelor. On a budget, not the bat like the Bachelor on the TV show. Right. Is this, right. Is this a new TV show? No, this is okay. real life. There's a a <laughs> man. It's definitely in- <laughs> not on HGTV. <laughs> no, I promise you that. Yeah. None the, of the them are on a budget. Watch, They're yeah. like right. They breed mice for a living and have a 1.2 million dollar oh budget for a house. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> mice breeding is very rewarding. It's very right. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's, yeah, cathartic, yeah. Right, right, you know. you got to save the endangered animals. Yeah. Because mice are struggling. They're struggling. <laughs> so a, a man in Kansas, 47-year-old Jeff Gebhardt of Prairie Village, he is offering a $25,000 reward for anyone setting him up on a date that leads to him having a girlfriend. <clears throat> $25,000 to get him hooked up. You know, yeah. There, there's an app Has he that, heard right? of Match.com? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> it's like you guys wrote this without me. Um, he said he enlisted the help of some friends to create a datejeffg.com website that attempts to use surveys with his personality analytics to find him a compatible date. And that was because... <laughs> He had been using online sites and was struggling to find somebody. He said women who suggest themselves on the site are not eligible to win the money, but they will be considered for dates. And so now this guy is literally trying to pay somebody twenty five grand to hook up. I mean, like, there's literally free apps for this, right? Like, and like face- so- Facebook. Okay, I mean, we're, you're, you're sitting on Facebook, but like, it has an <laughs> algorithm. Now, and they have a dating app. They, oh right, right, right. I can't. That gets all the MAGA people together. 
all the Bernie people together. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, right, like matches you on your legs, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. That's what you should do in your in your like request to rejoin Facebook. You just say, "Hey, suggest this guy a date because you have all of his friends." You know, <laughs> right? I'll get you twenty five. Then I'll get the twenty five grand. My budget goes up. There you go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Here's what I'm already planning to do, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh oh. I wonder if. Like they have some AI stuff that goes out to YouTube. I'm recreating an After Two Beers page come this Friday because that's the day that I'm allowed to go back on. And it's going to be called the After Two Beers podcast. So that's how I get around the After Two Beers part. And my first post is simply going to say, game on. (laughs) (laughs) We've been saving names for this. Yes. I'm going to see how – I don't want to get too filthy, but my point being is – if that gets kicked off, then I'll add an exclamation point. Maybe I'll add an extra <laughs> space. <laughs> After two beers. Too. Right. Yeah. Because I've got n- so much of nothing to do that I am more than happy to play this game with you, Mr. Zuckerberg. <laughs> I mean, after Checkmate. three beers is always available too, right? You know? That's, well, yeah. you know, we've actually built a brand with After Two Beers. Plus, I don't want to have to buy new posters. Just and... Get a little sticker put over it. <laughs> the three, yeah. We get yeah. the media. These shows are always after three anyway. <laughs> All right. Shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, do you have a pet? No. Are you a pet fan? Do you have animals or I, in your life? I or? love pets. I grew up with pets. Do you? Yeah. Dogs or cats? Both. Very nice. And fish and chickens. And really? Oh, chickens? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Were you just feeding them to each other? Like the fish were getting fed to the cat and the chicken? No, no. No. no Whereas like a little farm? Family. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Do you have anything else like goats or? No, chickens Aww. were the biggest farm animal I, we had. I really but. like but they're fun. Yeah. Really? You didn't have dogs that were bigger than a chicken? Oh, we did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we had, we, had some, we had some chickens that were like. Yeah. Above the dogs in terms of, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like dominance. Like you know? foghorn, oh. leghorn. We had a crazy... You know what? Say, That's I'll the thing. <laughs> I promise you. People, like, use the like the phrase chicken like they're a weak animal. You have never been chased by a chicken. That's oh a my rooster. God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, rooster. No, I've been chased by chickens and roosters. Really? Yes. Were they in a big suit? <laughs> no. Well, I said, I said, I said, I said, <laughs> that boy's got something wrong with him. <laughs> All right. Well, the reason I ask is because in England, it is very popular for people to leave music on for their animals. Hmm. And actually, it says that <laughs> 74% of people from the UK play music for the animals when they leave. Is it like? Like Mozart, like the Mozart for Babies thing? or like... Oh, I don't know what you play. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah, how do you find out what your, what your pet likes? Like, uh... You play Nate Dogg and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and you just see what they're really jiving with. Right. Yeah. right. And then you're like, Alexa, while I'm out, play right. this. Now, one of the very cool places that we absolutely love is Spotify. Here are the places that we love now. We love Apple. <laughs> Thank you, iTunes. <laughs> we love Spotify. We love SoundCloud. And we love Stitcher and YouTube. And we really love Spotify. And Spotify is actually offering now a podcast that is specifically targeted towards dogs. Does it say what good baby It actually does. Who's your good sweetie? It's the sweetest. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh I think so. This is like, people don't see this behind the scenes. So. I write these things throughout the week or the weekend and, and or mostly the day of, like hours before we start. And I was reading this one as I was editing it before we got started and I was losing it. But it says the Swedish-based audio streaming company 
said it has launched a podcast featuring soothing music, dog-directed praise, which is what I think that is. Seriously? Yeah, like Snoop Dogg goes off, and then somebody comes, who's a big sweetie? Well, speaking of big Who's sweetie, we got to. <laughs> Who's a good girl? I mean, I feel like that could apply to some people too, right? Right. Yeah, that might be someone's thing. I actually want to listen to this. I you need know... the podcast to go at about ten thirty every day and yell at my dogs. Quit barking at the mailman! <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Get down from the window! Hold it no. until she gets home from no. lunch. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god, that is so true. <laughs> so there's dog dog directed praise stories. Because who doesn't, dog doesn't love a good story. Yeah, I, I read to my dogs all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and this is my favorite. These are millennial dogs here. They have messages of affirmation and reassurance <laughs> narrated by actors to alleviate stress for dogs who are alone. So basically somebody's going to come on and go, he'll be home soon. Just hold out, you big sweetie. <laughs> Who's your good girl? Your mommy loves you. She'll be home just oh a little God. bit. Yeah. Don't be a dummy. <laughs> Don't be a dummy. Now in the U.S., Spotify said it found in a survey that one in four pet owners play music for their pets to listen to for company when they are away from home, huh. with 42% of owners saying their pets have a favorite type of music. <laughs> Which, ironically, is always the exact same type as yours. <laughs> People come to your house, you know, and they're like, why are you listening to Bluegrass? Because a fucking dog. <laughs> I just leave Animal Planet on the TV, and they're fine. A quarter of pet owners who clearly were on Masset or Mushrooms <laughs> have said they've even seen their pets Dancing to yeah, the music. I'm there. I'm there. Oh, come um, on now. <laughs> are you talking to your dog? Who's your, who's <laughs> who's your big sweetie? <laughs> All right, here's wow. our, our third story, and this one actually involves pets as well. Are you in a relationship? I am. Are you? Okay, how much do you love this person? A lot. A lot? Yeah. Like how much? Like a lot. I don't know. Like if they asked you to have 250 cats... Would you be like, I love you enough to stick with that? They're allergic to cats, so I would question that. But, uh... <laughs> Maybe that's their way of getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> Even about... with 250 cats, you're still in. Yeah. Would you be? I don't know. No? Maybe I have, like a farm. Are these indoor yeah. cats? Or... Oh, know. what if they're feral cats? That'd be better. That they That'd bring be into the house. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, so anyway. Outside, outside cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like well, they're, whole... you know, outside, they're now they're inside. Thanks to this lady. <laughs> This one comes to us from Indonesia on the outskirts of a suburban... Uh, That's just dinner. Jakarta. <laughs> That's messed up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, it is her that got us kicked off Facebook. Oh, shush. <laughs> Housewife Dita Augusta lives with more than 250 cats. She has taken in off the streets, creating a shelter for the animals she hopes will one day be adopted. I bet her house smells fantastic. Actually, that even gets into some more fun stuff. Because now the couple spends at least 72 pounds a day to cover the food costs, wow. medicines, and litter for the 250 cats. They employ a pool of five workers to clean the entire house twice a day to make sure the shelter is hygienic. I, her, her husband, who's a catfish farmer... 
moved four years ago. <laughs> is that- <laughs> I think they got this mixed up. Cat's a catfish. What are we talking about? <laughs> Her husband's probably a bunch of cats dressed up like in a yeah, in like a yeah. in a big coat. <laughs> yeah, it's the only profession for, right. yeah, for cats in a trench coat, you got right? Yeah, fifty cats, and I'm trying to have catfish. This is like Heathcliff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is a bad Garfield show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. She says she does not take in healthy-looking cats, only ones that need help, and expects disabled <laughs> cats to stay in her shelter forever. She also regularly walks. I got that right that time. You have all your fur. Go away, cat. <laughs> I'm only that She's like, that's the one for <laughs> that's me. Mine. Okay, but but like, real question. Like, what what does she play on Spotify when she's gone? Right. <laughs> <laughs> cat scratch fever. <laughs> that's only when her four or cat husband goes to the catfish <laughs> the farm. Catfish farm. <laughs> Oh, she also, uh, like I said, she walks through the neighborhood looking for more cats in her home. All 250 cats are neutered to contain the population. Um, So apparently she's only bringing home two cats. (laughs) Maybe she wants them all to come together one day. Like on, um, oh, what was the the show in the 80s, the cartoon with... um, they would say it was the cats. Oh, what is it? Roar. They would all form like one big giant robot. Oh, Rangers? Um, no. no. What was it? Um, oh, oh, crap. Anyway. Cat. Battle cats or something. <laughs> something like that. Anybody, Eric Ellers, who watches this show or at least listens to it, he's going to listen to this. It was Thundercats. 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 Yes. That's what she's wanting all these 250 neutered cats to turn into one day. Yeah. That's a lot of cats. That's a lot of cats. This is like a, like she's waiting to be a a villain (laughs) in a Batman movie. Well, if you were trying to be a villain, you would just not spay or neuter the cats because then, you know, you would have a million cats. Right. And you want the healthy ones to be in your army. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe we just debated that. <laughs> 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 All right, so we're basically ending off with the kitty cats. <laughs> meow. <laughs> meow. All right, right. Meow. Right, meow. Right, we're right, gonna meow. end this. Yeah, we're gonna end it right now. Okay. All right, that's a great editing point. <laughs> God, I love you, Gibbler. All right. Well, we want to make sure that we thank Eric Nicholson so much for yes, coming on thank the show. You. Sure, yeah. Have you enjoyed yourself? It's been great, yeah. Yeah, are you going to recommend it to all your friends in Ithaca? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell them, yeah. I want them all to drive down <laughs> just to be on the A to B show. Sure, yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a little drive, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. we should go to Ithaca. Right. I mean. Upstate New York, right? That's nice, right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, <laughs> did we just do a bunch of yes back and forth? I guess so, yeah. yeah. I yeah. felt like we had a Seinfeld moment yeah. there for a second. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, <laughs> do you have Facebook? Can you I make? Do, yeah. Will you share this? Because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Got to pay me for it. Then. <laughs> All right, never mind. Boost that post. Uh, so no, thank you very much. Thank you, AJ, as always, for setting this up. AJ, uh, the producer, the with the most, who uh, I kind of sabotaged, and I I uh, I stole her mic to plug in Eric's, and then. Uh, <laughs> And then I asked her if her mic was on, and it's probably on. It's just not plugged in. <laughs> and AJ, during the break, she's all freaking out. She's like, "I don't release that. Don't release that. And I'm like, 
I don't know why you feel like a jackass. I'm the one that tried to fix your levels for 10 minutes with a mic cord that's not plugged in. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Don't sweat it. So anyways, uh, thank you, AJ. Thank you, Gibbler, as always. Absolutely. We want to make sure that we thank the Innovation Center in downtown Richmond for giving us this awesome space to meet guys like Eric. Yes. There you go. So you know what? Right next door, yeah. Yeah. Did you have fun? I did, yeah. Good. Yeah. Are you going to recommend it to all the other uh, tenants? Yeah. How many? I mean, how many have you done? You've, you got cloud on here, and you. Got yeah. That's like thirty <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you very much, and uh, Gibbler. I guess we'll talk to him all next week. After two beers. <laughs>